So hello there again, Jordan Maxwell on the Jordan Maxwell Show. Uh, as I've said to you um, many times in the past, I will preface this show by saying I'm interested only in important people who are doing important things. The stars have always interested me. Astronomy, the wonder of the universe, and I find it difficult to... I've been around astronomers at uh, JPL. I remember sitting out there talking with a bunch of astronomers, and not one of them seemed to have any uh, uh, imagination or wonderment about the stars. Uh, it's like a doctor. He has no you know, doctors working on your heart. He doesn't care about the heart and how the heart happens to come about and the miraculous body, the human body, the way it's designed and how it works. I mean, he's just got a job to do. He works on the heart. That's so. No, uh, you know, you need to back off of whatever it is you're doing and look at the masterful wonder of life. You know, instead of being an astronomer and just tell you how far the moon is from this and uh, what that star is, you know, no, just go out and look at the heavens and try and think about how big you are in comparison to the earth that you live on. And then how big the earth is compared to our sun and our little Mickey Mouse solar system. And how large and how small our solar system with our sun and our little earth and you, you little peanut on the earth, how big the galaxy is in relation to our little solar system. And then when you begin to see that, it, uh, uh, you know, the size of our Earth in relation to our galaxy, the Milky Way, <clears throat> and then we are told by uh, astronomers that the Milky Way galaxy is just an ordinary-sized galaxy in relation to the hundreds and hundreds of billions of galaxies, probably trillions of galaxies, and therefore how far out does space actually go? Is there an end to space? Where is the end of space? Well, then you could ask the same question, where is the end of time? When did time begin? When does it end? So that's why uh, Einstein had something called the time-space continuum, you know, because um, time and space, is uh, nobody seems to have ever nailed down anything about it. What I'm saying is that I'm finding that the, the when you go out and look at the starry heavens at night and don't even begin to realize the majesty of what your eyes are seeing, Humans, normally, when they're out in the desert at night and look up in the sky, if they ever do, very seldom do you ever look in the sky. But if you do, you've seen the stars, so what? That's foolish. You're a fool. You need to contemplate. Those stars are galaxies with billions and billions of, of stars the size of our sun in each one of those galaxies. And there are hundreds of billions of galaxies. And the and the and the 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 space between galaxies and the speed at which things are moving. A light. If you shine a light, if you had a flashlight and you could shine a light, head it toward the east and flip it on, light goes around the earth, all the way around the earth, and comes back again. The speed of light, that light will go around the earth eight and a half times in one second. That's how fast light 
travels at eight and a half times around the earth in one second. Therefore, at that rate of speed, eight and a half times around the earth in a second, and at that speed, it would take you thousands and thousands and thousands of years, over a hundred thousand years, just to cross one galaxy. And there's hundreds of billions of them. And so, you know, scientists understand this, but that's no, that's no big thing to them. It's just like working in a grocery store. You just do your job. You don't think about the godness of this whole thing, the wonder of the heavens and, and, and the planets. And then from there, I, I take it a step further. Then you don't, because you are looking at the heavens as a piece of work that that's what you do for a living, you don't see the wonderment of it. Uh, you don't also perceive, uh, there's a few scientists and astronomers that do, very, very few. But there are a couple who do see even further that the planets and the astrological constellation of stars and planets affect us. They have a definite effect on human nature, on the, on the Earth. We know that the moon pulls the oceans of the, of the world, of the Earth. The oceans and the tides are caused by the moon. Well, if the moon can pull water, oceans, that tells you what kind of power the moon has over the Earth. It pulls the Pacific Ocean. Well, if it can pull water, you're over 80, 90% water. What does it do to you? Is that why when you act crazy, we call you a lunar tick? Because you are water. Maybe the Earth, maybe the moon is affecting you. Maybe if the moon's affecting you. Obviously, the sun is much bigger and it's closer, and, and it's, I mean, it's bigger and more powerful. So, is the sun affecting you? Well, of course, it's sun's affecting everything. And, well, if that's true, what about Jupiter and Mars and Saturn and all the other planets and, uh, and the stars and the constellations? Well, once you start boiling it all down and get past your own self-importance, you begin to see that the whole universe affects us. The symbols, the signs and the stars, the biblical, and all the ancient teachings of the ancient people of the world have all said the same thing, from the Hindus to the Egyptians to the Babylonians, to the, to the Jews, to Islam, all the ancient religions and the cults of the world all acknowledge that the heavens have a direct effect on your life. So we have, we have quotes like, they, you know, you can thank your lucky stars, like my mother used to say. Well, the Bible says in the Old Testament, there's a scripture that says the stars fought for the, the king, etc. And there was a war, and the scripture says, and the stars stepped in to fight for the king. Meaning what? Well, it means that the, the, the king had the help of the constellations in the right place at the right time, and, uh, and the war went well for the king. Why? Because the scripture says, quote, the stars fought for the king. So even the ancient world knew it, and uh, the almond the the almanac, you know the the poor man's almanac and the uh, the farmer's almanac, always talk about the stars and when to plant and when not to plant, and so all of that's very important. But in relation to what I want to talk about today, and on the next couple of shows, is I have my friend with me, and um, we've been 
talking about this for many years between ourselves for over 16, 17 years now, about how the stars affect human beings, how we are affected. And basically, the subject is astrology. But like any other discipline, like any other uh, work of mankind, uh, there are people who know about something. There are people who study the, the subject. There are people who know about the subject. And then there are, and then there is, of course, once in a while, there will be an absolute master in the subject upon whom everyone else stands uh, on their shoulders. And so Nostradamus was a master when it came to astrology. There are many other good astrologers in the world. I'm not taking anything from them. All I would say is that Nostradamus had a totally, completely, and totally different way of calculating astrology. Totally different. It has nothing to do with the normal astrology that you think of today. And this is why, 500 years later, Nostradamus is still famous around the world because he was so damn accurate and was able to tell things specifically uh, when things would happen and people's names and who was going to be king. And so how did he know all of these things? Well, we know for sure he did know. Well, how did he know? Well, he had, a de he had developed a method of calculating the stars on our human life. Personally, I think it was given to him by a higher power. I don't think he figured this out himself. But having said that, uh, we know there are people on this earth who know how Nostradamus did what he did, how he calculated things. You don't have to be a giant. You don't have to be a brilliant scientist to figure it out. Just study Nostradamus. Write, read what he said. See how he did what he did. And then you finally get the hang of it. You finally begin to see how he was able to do the prophecies he was because we know how he did it. So... One of the people that um, I have found, because I've been all over the world and heard all the stories as I've said to you before, and I've been in the company of many, many impressive people who just blow my mind with the things that they can do. But when it comes to Nostradamus's astrology and the way he did it, my friend sitting here with me is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, because I've heard him, I've heard just about all of them. He's the best of the best, and that's why I'm delighted to have him here with me. And we were kicking around the idea because he's done some readings on me uh, in, in the public, and we did some other readings on some prior programs. Uh, I just thought it would be interesting if we talk a little a bit about uh, some famous people and maybe have him do a little quick reading, nothing nothing in depth, but just a quick cursory look at uh, famous people's uh, uh, charts and see what you know see what what Nostradamus would say about today's famous people. We were thinking about um, people like Steven Spielberg or George Lucas or or famous movie stars. And it occurred to me that um, I'd like to know about the present Pope, the new Jesuit Pope. And uh, so I asked my friend to um, do a chart on, on the Pope and just, it doesn't have to be in-depth, as I said, but I would be curious to see what kind of a man are we really looking at when you see the Pope. So uh, with that, I'm going to have uh, my friend uh, tell us a little bit about this Pope. Okay, I believe his name is pronounced Jorge Mario Bergoglio, and that is Pope Francis. 
So one thing about this gentleman, this is a very powerful man, and um, a pope is a king. He's a king. He's a sovereign, so to speak. Well, one thing Pope Francis has, he has Neptune, which rules religion. He has that in the constellation of Leo in the ninth house. So this right here is suggestive of a spiritual king, Neptune in the constellation of Leo in the ninth house. But what even reinforces that more is this man's son isn't Sagittarius in the first house, but it conjuncts it conjuncts a North Node dragon's head in Aphiuchus in his 12th house. Well, Aphiuchus is ruled by Pluto. Aphiuchus is a combination of the energy of Scorpio and Aphiuchus. Those two constellations are ruled by Pluto. That's the, that's the dignified ruler of Aphiuchus and Scorpio. But Pluto is also exalted in Leo. And his son has a connection. Let's look at the aspect here. His son, his son makes a 150 degree angle to Pluto. So Pluto's exalted in Leo, and it's Pluto's the dignified ruler of Aphiuchus Scorpio, where his dragon's head, and that represents the destiny in his chart. And that's conjunct his son, and the son is the dignified ruler of Leo. So this guy does have the stars to be a spiritual king, and he's very powerful. Now with the North Node too, and Aphiuchus Scorpio, Aphiuchus. Scorpio, I mean, that can be a little ruthless if it's used negatively, mm -hmm. the energy of Pluto. But if it's used positively, it's still the, powerful. It's very suggestive of coming in to eliminate the old to bring in the new. I mean, to use a very harsh example, it would be like someone having an arm with gangrene and Pluto comes in and hacks the old hole, amputates the arm saying, you don't need that anymore. It's not serving you very well. So, this man, he is coming into the church. He is going to bring some reform. When this guy shows up on the scene, things change. Because the, the, the nature of Pluto, Pluto doesn't reason. It dictates. It does what it has to do. Yeah. So, this is a guy with quite a presence. And he also has his Jupiter in the first house. Uh, Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. So, you know, Jupiter has a lot to do with ethics, integrity, um, benevolence. So fundamentally, this guy has some very nice stars. I mean, he is a man of ethics integrity. He does care somewhat. Now, one thing I would say about his chart, Jordan, in relation to yours, if I may do so. Yeah, I wish you would. Um, your Mercury is much more highly aspected than Pope Francis Mercury, meaning you've really thought through religion. I think the Pope takes this more on faith. His Mercury is not so highly aspected. So his his religion, his spirituality, it's not something he's thinking through logically, taking it through to its ultimate logical conclusions. Yeah, yeah. He actually is genuinely a spiritual person. But he's he's a little orthodox, though. I would say that because, I mean, they say on certain issues he's very conservative, very orthodox. My opinion of where that comes in, in his second house, he has the planet Venus. The second house, they say, is the house of money. But that's on a mundane level. On a higher level, money, what you spend your money on is a reflection of your values. So he has his Venus, which has to do with how one relates to other people. It has a lot to do with relationships. He has his Venus in Capricorn. Capricorn's very stodgy and very conservative. That's where his Venus is in his second house. So he has a lot of that... 
even though he's a bit of a reformer because of the Plutonic side of his chart, with this Venus and Capricorn, he still very much has a foot in the established order. He respects the dignity of the establishment, so to speak, that the church represents. I mean, he sincerely feels that. Um, which else you could say about that, too? He has his moon, and the moon in the chart... That's one's instinctual emotional response to life. He has his moon, strictly speaking, in the water bearer, the constellation of the water bearer, Aquarius. But it's in the part of Aquarius, once again, that's directly over Capricorn, where his Venus is at. Mm. So the point being is he does have a very strong sense of orthodoxy. He's only going to go so far in his reforms. I mean, he's not the kind of guy coming in the church to throw out the baby with the bathwater. But if you look at the headlines, he's talking about making some changes in the church. And this is this is the man to do it. I mean, he's got the power to do it. That's the nature of these stars. You're sort of walking about with this energy. You know, it just how what the specific mechanism is. I'm not so presumptuous to say I understand that, just like I don't understand why two plus two equals four. Mm. But you can look at these things and observe certain things and have a. You know, a certain amount of predictive power, which is suggestive that there is something to this. Mm, no doubt about that. But my, myself, though, I mean, why this is while this is on the show, I welcome skepticism. I tell some of the people I read, please be as skeptical as possible. I'm skeptical myself. I'm always putting this stuff to the test. But I have found it does give you a certain amount of predictive power. No doubt about it, because I mean, I had I've had you over the past sixteen years tell me over and over and over again things that were going to happen to me and the month that were going to happen and what was what was going to uh, come after that and every single time what you told me exactly happened the way you said it would and I remember you telling me quite a few years ago that there was going to be you said if I remember this correctly something like uh, nine months before it happened you said look at in nine months from now uh, there's going to be some kind of a TV show or video or something that's going to come out, and it's going to be based on your work, but it's not necessarily anything you've done, but it's going to be based on your work, and it's going to be very, be very big hit. It's going to be a very big hit, and it's basically your work, but someone else is doing it, and uh, and that will cast, uh, you know, that's just one more thing that will draw attention to who you are and what you're doing. But that's not going to happen for nine months. And you gave me the month and it happened that it would happen. And, so, and it so happened nine months later, Zeitgeist came out. <clears throat> yes. And that's precisely what you said. It would be a movie or a television or a video of some kind that's going to be promoting your work, but you would not have anything to do with it but that it would be based on you. Well, Zeitgeist was based on my work, and uh, and and it was a very big hit. I think it was uh, when uh, when Google pulled the counter off. It was so many people were seeing it. I don't know if the counter couldn't count that fast, or they didn't want people to know how, how uh, you know, popular it was. So Google pulled the counter off so that you could go on the web and watch it, Normally, you can see how many times people have watched something, but on Zeitgeist, they pulled it off. You can't tell. Why? And Well, I have, uh, uh, I saved it. I pulled it off. Of, when I pulled it off, the count was almost 50 million, and then they pulled it off. Well, if you pulled it off at 50 million, that's already a pretty good showing. 50 million people have watched something. That's very impressive. 
And then, uh, no, that was, you know, that was just within a first few months. Well, you know, who the hell knows? It's probably 500 million by, by now has watched it. And, uh, but Google's not going to tell you that. They just leave the counter off. So hopefully that thing will get lost and nobody will remember it. And so, but I just think it's interesting. You told me it was going to happen and gave me the month. You actually also told me and gave me the month about six months before. And you told me, I remember distinctly you calling me and telling me, look at, and six months from now, and you gave me the month that was going to happen. He said, you told me there's going to be a banking crisis that's going to start probably here, but it's going to be a worldwide banking crisis that's going to explode. And people, millions of people are going to lose their homes. Banks are going to go under. There's going to be chaos in the streets. There's going to be riots. There's going to be a lot of trouble because the banks are going under. So just beware. And, and six months from now, and here's the month that's going to start, and be damned if you, six months later, that's when the housing bubble popped and everything started to happen. And I called you, I remember calling you one night and saying, you know, you said it was going to happen this month. And you said, and you told me, I'm not, I don't make, I don't make predictions. I'm just telling you what the stars say. Well, that's what made Nostradamus famous because he was able to tell kings and rulers and popes and all the important people of the planet. Now, the Schmogalagamas and all the Schmogs and all the dingbats out there in his time, they didn't. Uh, they don't know anything about Nostradamus, and they don't care. They're just over at the market working. But the kings and the rulers and the princes and the guys who run the planet, they want to know. That's why they. Uh, I've said so many times, Governments, all the governments have CIAs and FBIs, intelligence agencies, and those are the ones that get the funding because governments, don't, they don't want to believe like a believer in church. You know, if you're a Christian, you're a believer. No, the government doesn't want to believe. They want to damn well know proof. They want to exact know what's going on, not, not believing something's happening. And so that's why the kings and princes and rulers and potentates and back in Nostradamus's day, they wanted to know, talk to the man. I don't know how he gets, uh, I don't know how he does what he does, but he's accurate. And so that's why I think your work is so important and I wanted you to be here. So basically, give us the, the, the Reader's Digest conclusion to this new pope, basically. Uh, before I do that, Jordan, may I comment on a few things you've said? Yep. Uh, yeah, zeitgeist. There was a zeitgeist day. I mean, you know, yeah, that's and, pretty uh, impressive. When there was a zeitgeist day around the world, and this movie's being shown in theaters all over the world. Uh, as far as I go with these predictions, too, I think this is important to say. Um, <clears throat> I can't, I can't do miracles looking at these charts. Nobody expects you to. But but what you can do, what I'm what I can see, you can see a general trend. How specifically it's going to play out, I'm not that good. There might be somebody out there who is that good. I know. But but be, but being able to see the general trend though, that's enough. Like for for instance, when you were talking about the financial crisis, what I saw, and we're using constellations here. The astrologers using signs are going to tell you something different. But that dragon's tail went into cancer. And in my book, cancer rules money because cancer is ruled by the moon. And moon is money. Money's moony. Right? And then the dragon's head went into Capricorn. And Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, which basically meant 
Dragon's Tail and Cancer. Cancer rules money. Dragon's Tail, uh, mundane interpretation, would be a hell of a lot of stress. And then the Dragon's Head and Capricorn, which is ruled by Saturn, which is the Lord of Karma. It's payback time, boys. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's payback. All of your corrupt banking practices and all that making money off of the poor and all that silly crap with your your investments and all that it's like god is saying now it's payback time what goes around comes around so while everybody else has been starving and crawling on their knees now the banks are gonna feel it and you were saying about the uh the kings uh queen elizabeth had john d that's right john d who was her astrologer mm -hmm. and his symbol was 007 because as you said it represented the glasses you hold with two fingers and put to your eye 007 mm -hmm. and uh, what that what that means is they were using astrology as a branch of political intelligence now if you're a prince with the sword of Damocles over your head you don't want to be looking at what somebody wrote down in a book mm -mm. Because no. that can be tampered with that could be encrypted. That could be encoded. You don't know what the heck you're looking at. Now, and your enemies could have put that forth to confuse you. Mm -hmm. I'll call it a psyops. Yeah. When you're looking at the stars, none of your enemies have enough political clout to rearrange those constellations. They remain true. Yeah. yeah, so the bottom line is that mankind can fool you, but you can't touch the stars. They're there. They're your, in the your, heavens. Your courtiers may flatter you while they're planning on poisoning the king's meal tonight yeah but the stars are not lying to you yeah and <laughs> that's what i've always noticed about when i get when when i talk with you about something that's coming up and you will call me and say yeah now watch next month or six months from today and this is that's going to happen and every single time it does and so it tells me that there is something to this idea of the heavens and ask as i said ask any six-year-old uh, child uh, Christian and Jewish child, where is God? And they will point straight up. God is out there in heaven. Well, of course God is in heaven. So are the stars. So are the constellations. That's why Jacob has 12 brothers and the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 brothers of Jacob, and the 12 stones on the high priest of the Jewish high priest, uh, 12 stones, and, uh, and, and Jesus has 12 apostles. Look in the Bible and the index on the 12. Look up the word 12 and see how many 12s are mentioned in the Old and New Testament. The, the, the number 12 pops up on pages after pages after pages. 12 is very important. Why? Because of the 12 signs of the zodiac, the 12 months of the year. It all has to do, both Old and New Testament, has to do with the astrological uh, um, presence and the purposes on earth. And that's why Jesus... Uh, the Bible has Jesus saying to pray the Lord's Prayer. Well, first of all, it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the prayer the Lord told you to pray. But the prayer was, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come and let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, as I said before, the only life forms that we today on earth put into a kingdom because uh, schools are in, uh, I mean, fish are in schools and and uh, and birds are in flocks and um, and and cows are in herds. But what is it that we put into a kingdom if it isn't animals? We call it the animal kingdom. And the ki and animals are found in the zoo. So the the study of the animals is called zoology. 
from which we get the word zodiac. Zodiac, zoo, zodiac, uh, is the kingdom. So the zodiac is the kingdom of God. It's the animals in the zodiac. Or the zodiac. Yeah, zodiac, zodiac is the, the, the symbol of the 12 signs in the heavens, which is the 12 apostles of Jesus and the 12 brothers of Joseph. And so what the Bible is telling you is that there's an encoded message in the heavens. And the Apostle Paul says that in one of his books. He said that nightly God speaks to you from the sky, but you don't hear. All over the world he's speaking to all peoples and all languages from the sky each night. And he's telling you things, but you don't see it. You don't hear it. And then, then, and then the Bible has Jesus saying, you look with your eyes, but you don't see. And you listen with your ears, but you don't hear. And with the heart, you don't get the sense of it. And that's what's happening today. The churches are out doing their silly routines with dancing and, and selling their beads and holy water and rocks from Jerusalem and dancing on the stage and ripping people off and stealing and ripping people off and lying. And, uh, but the people are given nothing. They're not given any wisdom, no knowledge, no understanding. They are poor. They are dying. Like the Bible says, my people are dying from a lack of knowledge. And for where there is then another scripture, which is my favorite, that says where there is no, no, no vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Look at the poor of the earth who are dying every day. They have no knowledge. They have no understanding. They don't know anything. They don't understand anything. While the priests and the churches are making billions of dollars off of the poor, dancing around the stage, doing all this silly nonsense to make money, while the great wisdom that Nostradamus gave us and the configuration of the stars that the Bible talks about, nobody seems to show any respect for that. And that's why the Bible says that, you know, by their fruits you shall know them. Well, what is the fruitage of world religions today? Ignorance, stupidity, backwardness, uh, darkness. The people are in dark. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So I'm hoping that people will have enough uh, sense to understand that the stars are in the heavens, and the heavens uh, are a divine plan of the ages, like the Bible says, a divine plan. It's in the stars. And then uh, when you begin to see the whole story of the New Testament was based on the zodiac, the 12 signs of the zodiac. And Jesus himself is referred to as God's son, S-U-N, God's son, our risen Savior. So the son, the 12 apostles, know the 12 signs of the zodiac. Uh, you need to appreciate Nostradamus was a brilliant genius who was probably given this kind of information, and we are very pleasant, uh, very happy to have you here who studied this for so many years and able to tell us and give us a good idea. I mean, you keep saying that, well, I don't know for sure, and I'm not, that's not, well, we understand that. But with this, with this way of, of uh, calculating our lives and destiny, every, every single time you've ever done it for me, it's been exactly correct. Yeah, it will give you the long-term trends. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can't always see the specifics because uh, take your reading someone's natal chart. Looking at the chart, you're not going to see everything. You're not living that life. But you can see the general overall trends, and that gives you a certain amount of predictive power. But this, this thing too, Jordan, about hidden messages, particularly in the New Testament, 
<clears throat> we're talking constellations here, and uh, there's another hidden story about this constellation called Ophiuchus. That symbol is a man holding a huge snake, and Ophiuchus was a healer. Well, it just so happens that the head of that snake that he's holding is at the foot of a virgin, the constellation of Virgo. Right. And that gets back to the religious imagery of where you have the virgin stepping on the head of the snake. That's right. You certainly do. And all the churches, the virgin is always uh, stepping on the head of a snake. And that's Virgo, the constellation of Virgo, the virgin. And that, that snake's being held by the constellation of Ophiuchus. And that Ophiuchus, there's another story there. That's Ophiuchus, that's the symbol of the healer. And when you look into that, that has a connection to Jesus. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's for another show. Yeah. I love this because I'm fascinated with the stars. And there's 13 constellations. Mm -hmm. 13. But that gets into why 13 is lucky for some and mm -hmm. unlucky for everyone right. else. And then you take the 12 apostles of the 12 signs of the zodiac with the sun. That makes 13. And so, you know, that's numerology. Uh, you get into numerology, into all the uh, hidden sciences, things which have been hidden from the human race because they're not supposed to be known. Then, uh, and, and, and the word hidden in Latin is occult. So when the church tells you, stay away from the occult, we're not talking about demon worship and devil worship and all that. No, the word occult simply means in Latin, hidden. And so I'm saying that, that the church does not want you looking at what Nostradamus did. They don't want you looking at astrology or the stars or the heavens. All you need to do is what you've always done. Just go do your job and, uh, and, and, and watch your TV and uh, leave the important things to the church and to the ministers, and they will decide what the truth is or not. And these people are blind guides leading the blind, and both shall fall into the pit. And that's exactly what the Scripture says. So... I, I have no respect whatsoever for churches. I have no respect for Christianity as it's given to us today. The Christian church as it exists today is a monstrosity. It has no truth in it whatsoever. Uh, however, I have the highest of admiration for God and for the concept that there's a divine presence in the universe that men have called God. I don't have any problem with God. I have problems with corporations and big business, which we call the church which gives to people nothing. You, uh, people have been going, you know, I've said this to, so many times to you. If you go to, if you go to a, a college or a university for, say, 25 years, day in and day out, and you're going to, for uh, studying at this university on a particular subject, and then I come along one day and ask you a question, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And the more I talk to you, the more confused you get, because you have no idea what I'm talking about which is the very subject that you're supposed to have studied for 25 years, and you don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, what does that say about the, about the, the, the college or the school you've been going to? It hasn't taught you anything. I say the same thing about the church. You've been going there for 30, 40 years to the same church every day and all the time, giving money to the church. And then when someone comes along and ask you a question, you have no idea in the world what, you're, what they're talking about. You have no back basis in, in history. You don't know what the words mean. You have no concept of what the, what the words in the Bible mean, where they come from. Uh, so what has your church done for you for the past 40 years? Nothing. But they did take a lot of money. You give them a lot of money, and it did waste your time and entertain you. It's like a church. That's why 
you know, when I get started on what religion has done to the human race, all I'm saying is you better wake up and find out where the real truth is. It's in the heavens. I have an opinion. Basically, it's uh, if you think, if you ever think about eliminating the middleman between you and God, to hell with you. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what the that's exactly what the church teaches. You know, you let us talk to God. You know, I remember some comedian did that many years ago. On a, on a, it was really a funny act in nightclub, and and he was saying about how you need to go to God, uh, and so. He said, and then the uh, the people in the audience said, oh, almighty God. And he said, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I go to God, so you talk to me, and I will go to God. Now, this is going to cost at least 25 bucks right here, right off the bat, because I'm losing money even coming down here. So uh, you don't go to God. I go to God. You, 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 you talk to me, and I'll talk to him. Well, obviously, that's, that's a comedy. But the point being is that that's exactly the way the church treats the people in the church. That's why they go to church and sit in a pew. Uh, you know, it's just, when you break down the words in church and what these words mean in theology and where the word theology comes from, it's a Greek word, theo, and Greek was God. And, and the word uh, the, T-H-E, or T-H-E-O, as I said, is Greek for God. And so in the ancient Greek world, they had something called the God Show. It was called a theater. So the theater was teaching you about theology, a God Show. So you go to the show, you sit there and pay your money, and then they have a beautiful show, a lot of candles and singing and all kinds of guitar playing and jumping on the stage and hooping and hollering. It's a wonderful show. And when it's all over, what do you know for sure? Like a CIA, what is it that you have been taught and what can you, you know, what can you show for all the years you've sat and watched the God show in church? Nothing, nothing, zero. You have no idea what's coming tomorrow. You have no idea how your government works. You have no idea what God is. You can't even spell the word. You have no concept of what spirituality means. That's the end result. By their fruits, you shall know them. There is nothing of any intrinsic or spiritual value at all in a church in a synagogue or in a mosque there is no the scripture very clearly says do not put your trust in earthly men in whom there is no salvation period don't trust humans because humans are equally as bad as you are as corrupt as you are that's how everybody else is we're all equally corrupt that's what the scripture says so that don't put your faith in man. Well, where did the church come from? Men, they put it together. Well, what about the mosque? Oh, a bunch of men put that together. What about the, uh, the, the, the great temples in the Islamic world? It's all man-made. It's all, it's all men, money, and power, political power. And millions of people are following man-made religions, man-made corporations, and have no idea in the world they're God. The Creator is, is expressing your destiny in the heavens, and you're too ignorant and silly and stupid to know it. So that's why I want to bring to the people real knowledge, and this is real knowledge. This is wisdom personified. I always use the example. You know, if you go walking around with a book in front of your face, you're going to hit a few walls. Yeah, that's right. Put the book down, take a look around. That's right. So that's what we're asking you to do. 
to understand why we're doing this show. We want, I want to bring to the world important knowledge, important, uh, valuable information which cannot be found elsewhere. And I've been in the company of brilliant people for so many of my years on the earth, and that's what I want to do for you, is to bring you important information. Uh, astrology, Nostradamus, we'll be talking about that on other programs too. We got a lot more subject that you and I are going to talk about that has nothing to do with astrology. We want to get into the occult religions, the secret societies, and the occult orders around the world, running politics, religion, education. It's a hell of a story about how the human race has been misled. So until next time, this is Jordan Maxwell on the Jordan Maxwell Show. I want to thank you for listening and appreciate your support.